Kentucky Girl, Chapter 7, Part 2. The next day started with Tim feeling hot and not wanting any breakfast. Morning Dove checked him by placing her hand on his brow. Slightly alarmed, she asked Running Deer to get her portions. She mixed and then heated this concoction. She cradled Tim's head and fed this to him. She softly hummed a song of her making over and over. Tim did not want this movement to end and just gazed up into her face. Morning Doe was watching the expressions on his face and could see that Tim was reacting to her caress. Her young female attraction for this boy added to her maternal instinct of protection for this boy coalesced into a super feeling. Long after it was necessary to hold his head, she cradled him. As the days for Tim's healing progressed, Morning Dove spent more time with Tim than was absolutely necessary, but was very pleasurable. The two began to teach each other common words of their own language. Tim found this very exciting and was eager to learn her language. While he had some difficulty at first in pronouncing the Indian sounds, he was constantly encouraged by Morning Dove. Likewise, she had difficulty in pronouncing the words in his language, and he would emphasize consonants and vowels, showing her the shape of his mouth. Days and days of this, along with the young man's healing of his leg, brought these two young people closer and closer together. These two opposing cultures were bridged by love. Daily life of the vigil carried on and Tim was a keen observer. He noticed that there was a constant stream of women and girls carrying buckets somewhere and bringing back buckets of water. He asked Morning Dove, what were they doing? Her answer was, they are bringing water from the stream. He asked her to show him the stream and so she took him out to where a fast running stream was. He could see these women filling their buckets with water and carrying them back to the village. Instantly, he thought, why don't we fix a method to transport the water so that women do not have to carry it in buckets? That night, as he lay in his blanket, he imagined a number of ways to transport this water. Of the various ways that he thought of, the one that he liked best was one that was continuous and did not require much human action. He was excited the next morning when he woke up and could hardly wait to tell Morning Dove of his idea. She could not conceive of what he was saying, but believed that her lover could do anything. Tim knew that this project would be difficult to sell. So he set up a little demonstration. He took a small hollow log and split out the top half so that he had half hollow tube. This was further scraped clean. Now tilting this slightly and pouring a gourd of water into it, he showed that on the other end of the tube the water could be captured in a basket or container. 
His tube was about the distance from head to toe, enough to prove his point. Another tube was used to simulate the running creek. The day for the demonstration came, and the whole village turned out to see what this white boy was saying. When he set up the apparatus, everyone leaned forward to see what he was doing. As soon as the water from the tube imitated a creek was diverted into the tube carrying water away from the creek and emptying it into a basket or container, the observers started to stop and chanted, Hiya, hiya, hiya! With this, Tim's massive water project was started. Everyone pitched in and started the project. Tim supervised the overall project of having certain long tree trunks hauled near the site, split open, then cut hollow out, scraped clean, and ready to be put in place. The project demanded that the slope would incline down and so any impairment was scraped clean. Where needed, rocks were put in place to support the tubes. The lower end of one tube would be laid inside the next lower tube. The whole village was employed in this project. There were four long tree trunks needed to cover the distance to the village. On the day that water was diverted to the tubes and was received in a bowl at the bottom, the village joined in a night of dancing and paying homage to the gods. Morning Dove was very proud of her man's project. Now the village would have water without having to carry it in buckets. She began to understand that her young man was so different than others. All of the people in the village thought that this white boy brought in by Morning Dove was very special and enjoyed having him as a part of their community. About this time, there was an incident involving running deer. He had been out in a new field looking for herbs when he disturbed a net of hornets. These hornets swarmed all over his bare upper torso. He tried to escape from them by running to a creek and submerging himself underwater. Finally, when they left him, he ran to Morning Dove's teepee where she and Tim were teaching each other their language. Morning Dove had seen this happen once before, where the person died, so she was extremely upset for her brother. While Tim had not seen this happen, he had helped Aunt Nancy care for an unfortunate one who had been stung. He went to the place where Morning Dove kept her herbs and leaves, searching in through them, he found the one he was looking for and asked Morning Dove to get him two hands full of honey. She did not have what he wanted and went out into the village asking the other women for honey. She then brought this back to Tim, who had chopped and ground that particular leaf. He mixed this together with the honey and made a paste. Next, he had Running Deer lie down on a mat and told Morning Dove to tell him absolutely not to use his hands to scratch. With this, Tim took a sliver of bone and started applying a dab of honey mixer to each welt. As he was doing this, he also used his fingernails to extract a stinger from the welts. While this was a very slow process, 
Running deer begin to feel the soothing effects of the honey mixture. At one point, he squeezed Tim's hand in thankfulness. Morning Dove saw this and smiled broadly. After two hours of painstaking application, Tim leaned back and said, There, we'll do this again in a couple of hours. Running Deer sat up and started to scratch a particular welt, and Morning Dove slapped his hand. When Morning Dove went out to the village to ask for honey, she explained why she needed it. This aroused much curiosity, so when Tim finished treating Running Deer, a number of women came to see the effect. Seeing Running Deer and all the welts on his body, and yet he was not scratching. This was truly amazing and each woman wanted the recipe for this salve. Morning Dove asked Tim to tell them how he made the salve. So, Tim, in his new language, not only told them what ingredients used, but why each worked. The women understood most of what Tim said, and Morning Dove clarified any remaining questions. Later that day, Tim and Running Deer had another session of treating each welt. This time it went a little faster since Tim did not have to pull out any stingers. Tim mentally thanked Aunt Nancy for his training and sent a silent message to her. I bet you never thought your concoction would help an Indian brave. since Tim joined this village. His lessons of learning this new language progressed from halting, stumbling phrases to a little more fluent speech. His stature in the village increased from tolerance to enthusiastic acceptance. His relationship with Morning Dove blossomed and tightened. Tim was very happy, and yet deep inside was a yearning that he could not name. After several days of this, Morning Dove asked him what was the matter. He attempted to brush it off by saying, nothing, nothing at all. But Morning Dove's intuition told her that something was deep inside of Tim causing this change of behavior. She pondered on this for several days and thought that Tim missed his people. When she confronted him with this guess, Tim at first said, no, no but not as emphatic as she expected. Convinced now of her own female intuition, she carried this to her heart. Both young people wrestled with this problem each night for a few nights. Morning Dove confided in her brother Running Deer, who said, let me talk to Tim and see if this is so. The next day, Running Deer signaled to Tim that he wanted to talk. They went to a quiet place, and Running Deer bluntly asked Tim if he missed his people. Tim answered, yes, but I will not leave Morning Dove. I love her and want her as my wife. Since her father and mother are gone, I must ask you for her hand. Running Deer was silent for a moment. Then he said, I give you my consent, but I cannot solve two problems. You cannot be in two places at once. 
If you must return your people, then it will be up to Morning Dove to decide what to do. Tim replied, I will not leave Morning Dove. Running Deer went to Morning Dove to explain what he and Tim had discussed. Morning Dove was distressed but not surprised at this information. Tim was standing there and so she asked him, Is this true? You want to return your people but will not leave me? Let me think. She went to her part of the teepee and bowed her head in deep thought. Hours went by while Morning Dove wrestled with this problem. Her feelings for this boy conflicted with her natural desire to be with her people. She matched one against the other and came to a decision. With that, she came out of the teepee and told Tim that if he was her husband, she would go with him ever, anywhere he went. Instantly, Tim put his arm around her and said, I will always love you and protect you. If we go back to my people, and for whatever reason it does not work out, we will return here together. Running Deer nodded his head yes and said, We have much to do. I will tell the village fathers, and we will have a wedding dance ceremony tonight. We are all saddened to see Tim leave us, but are happy for Morning Dove and my white brother to be together. That night, the whole village celebrated with feast and dancing. Tim talked to the scout who had come to the village in search of a white boy said to be living with this Indian village. The scout told Tim that Rachel was very concerned for him and is anxious for his return. He also said that he would guide them back to Boonesboro. Preparations were made for the trip and the whole village turned out to see them off. The trip back took only three days because the scout knew this area well. When they entered Rachel's compound, there was a lot of excitement. Tim was very protective of Morning Dove and explained to all that she was his wife. Rachel instantly hugged Morning Dove, who was not sure what to make of this gesture. So Tim explained that it was a white person's greeting of acceptance and love. Betsy and Nancy came up at that point and was told by Clem that Tim was back with a new wife. Again, both Betsy and Nancy gave Morning Dove a hug with big smiles. That evening, everyone gathered together to listen to Tim and Morning Dove, who, Indian style, described Tim's adventures with terse words. Tim asked his wife to use her new language to express her feelings about this new life. Morning Dove was not sure what to say since she had only been here just hours. She did say that she was looking forward to joining this new family and also was looking forward to meeting the old Indian woman. Clem and Rachel said that the new married couple will use our bed to sleep in tonight. We'll worry about other arrangements tomorrow. So the next several days, the new couple were integrated into Boonesboro life. Tim to take on the duties of a schoolmaster, while Morning Dove joined Betsy and Nancy in the clinic. When Morning Dove met the old woman, you could see an instant bond between them. As time went on, these two would talk all of the time. Each was glad to reinforce their native language. Mm -hmm.